Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where Mackenzie is lost. She's on a quest to find more hearts and crush the souls of everyone around her. And McKay, well, McKay's doing stuff that McKay does in the timeline, and Varen is off building a statue. I don't know why, but he's building a statue to Scott. That's right. A metal statue. Yes. Because only metal can, like, accurately represent my hard-heartedness. Yes. It's it's all going to be there, atomic, anatomically correct. So if you ever want to see it, go ask Varen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's okay. It's okay because I'm wearing a loincloth, so it's all good. <laughs> yes, it covers everything, butt flap included. Yes. Well, that's important. That's the important part. So I'm excited because we just got uh, we just got finished with a con. We did. It was crazy. It sounds bad. It's like I'm finishing with some kind of like thievery or like some kind of, I don't know, like like we just pulled a bank heist or something. We're not rich. We just no. we just survived a comic con. Yes, I still like that though. Um, author Michael Brent Collings wrote a book called the uh, the longest con. You would think that it's about stealing. You know, kind of. You know. Kind of like yeah. something you'd see from Ocean's Eleven or something like that, or The Heist. Yeah. Nope, it's about aliens that have infiltrated a Comic-Con, because let's face it, they yeah. can. And the, the people, authors, you know, authors, they, they disappear from their tables. Why do they do that? Because they're fighting the aliens. That's what, that's, see, that's the truth. That's why we're so tired after a con, because we've been fighting aliens. Hold, hold up, hold up. You're joking me, right? No, that's the what the book... That's, that is what the book is about. The Longest Con is about aliens at a Comic-Con? Aliens that invade Earth during Comic-Con and infiltrate the Comic-Con and the authors who fight them and protect the Earth. You have got to be kidding me. I'm not. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. That is just awesome. So if... I'm not... If this intrigues you, go pick up a copy. It's on Amazon, Michael Brent Collings. It's awesome. I have a copy. Fantastic book. I, I would just borrow your copy, but, but I also want to support authors. Support your local authors! Well, the other really cool thing is, is he actually uh, creates characters from other authors that generally are seen at like Comic-Con, Salt Lake Comic-Con. Are you saying that you are one of the authors that fights aliens? No, I'm not. 
I'm apparently going to – I will be in the sequel, I've been told, but that's if the sequel ever gets written. But you have like Larry Correa, Dave Butler, Kevin J. Anderson, uh, guys like that that are in it. Apparently, Dave Butler is a robot – is really a robot that likes to lick things. Um, I'll leave it at that because you must read to find out why he licks things. I'm uh, sorry, Dan. I'm just going to be calling you the Dan in Black. That's from fine. Now on. All right. Here comes Dan in Black. Yeah. I don't wear black that often. I wear blue. Anyways. Well, you're an alien, so. Yes. So, uh, we were at Sully Comic Con. We got to speak with uh, voice actress Vanessa Vanessa Marshall. Uh, For those of you that do not know who she is, well, that's a shame. Uh, Who we all... Because... Yeah, yeah, everybody knows who she is. Well... Sorry, did I just get away? No, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in because... Uh, she has voiced Wonder Woman in several of the DC animated, uh, movies. Uh, she has voiced Gamora on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, in Avengers Assemble, she has voiced, uh, Hela. Uh, she has done the voice of Poison Ivy in Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, she has done several, several different voice characters, um, she, Mary Jane Watson, uh, from the spectacular Spider-Man and Vertigo from Wolverine and the X-Men. She also did several voices in Young Justice. She did Black Canary, Red Inferno. The oh, list, cow. I know the list continues to go on. It was really awesome talking with her. Um, but honestly, my favorite has to be... <laughs> Hera Syndulla from Star Wars Rebels, which... I was really expecting, I'm not going to lie, I was really expecting um, you to pull out some random role. Um, okay, I'll admit, I just had to go to IMDb because you're pulling out all those, and I do have to say one role that she had that I'm, I'm proud of her for. She was in Ghostbusters the Video Game, the great one back in 2009, which was... Hands down, the closest thing we'll ever get to GB3, and it was amazing. The story, the characters, yeah. and apparently she was one of the characters, so that's that's even cooler for me. Yeah. No, I mean, she did a lot of voice overwork uh, on video games. Again, she Capcom versus Marvel versus Capcom Infinity. She was Gamora. She was in Baldur's Gate 2, The Throne of Ball. She was Cindy. Uh, she did voices on Diablo 3. Uh, she had, if you go on to IMDb or even Wikipedia, she has a huge list of things that she's been, I mean, she was the Wicked Witch in Cinderella and Grandma on Shrek 2, the video game. She did voices on Shark Tales. Hold up, hold up, hold up. She apparently was Jan Ors. Oh yeah, on, uh, Jedi Outcast. Yeah. And she also did some voices on, uh, KOTOR, uh, 2. I knew that one. I didn't. I just didn't realize that she was Jan Ors. Like, yeah, that's awesome. I know. That makes me so happy and glad. So, Jan Ors, or uh, Jane Orso. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> very <laughs> similar. Very similar storylines. Maybe. Uh, yeah. A little creepy there. Yeah. So. Really, really cool that she's done everything she has. Uh, fantastic, wonderful lady. Um, and she was, she was really cool to talk to. I, I'll admit that. Um, so we're going to play that interview for you towards the end, but first 
Now let's talk a little bit about the character that we got excited about, which is Harris Sindula. Rebels Man, season... You are, you are mean. You are teased. I know, but see, that makes people listen to the end. Or they skip forward to the end. Don't skip. Don't skip because you're going to miss cool stuff. Um, now I need to tell some cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> when I was five... Um, I, I'm going to lose them. Okay, quick, Daniel. No, I'm just saying. So, season four. Season four of Rebels is going to be premiering shortly. We know it's the end. It's We've seen the trailer. If you haven't, go see the trailer. Uh, we saw a lot of interesting stuff happen in season three. Uh, when we reviewed season three, you know, Scott and I were a little disappointed. It seemed like we had a fantastic villain that was wasted uh, with Thrawn. Maybe... We get to see Thrawn redeem himself in season four. I don't know. Um, the qu- big question is what happens to Ezra and Kanan? Uh, because you know we know we heard the page on Rogue One, General Sindula. You know, right now she's only captain. Now she's a general. We see Chopper. We see the ghost. You know, we know S- Sabine is with her family on Mandalore. Uh, we have no idea where everybody's going to end up. The only one we know where they're going to end up, well, is Hera and Chopper. Well, I mean, we do, we see Sabine uh, with her family it, it, towards the end of season three. Uh, well, no, I mean, like, I'm talking like after season four. Yeah, I mean, we, we we truly don't. I hope they survive, but at the same time, I hope they don't because that's the whole point of episode four, and that is the Jedi are gone. Um so I, part of me wants to see them live on because they're great characters. Another part of me wants them to die because otherwise, how is the storyline moving forward if all the Jedi, uh, Jedi are not wiped out except for Yoda and Obi-Wan? Yeah. Okay, and I, I, I do want to interject because I actually disagree. Like, I would be okay if they survived and they kept doing their good, like, kept doing good. Um even after, as we go on, because the only time we actually hear, you know, the last of the Jedi uh, is when Yoda's dying, and, you know, Luke, when I am gone, the last of the Jedi you will be. I mean, but that's like, I still feel like it's more of the you have to atone Anakin mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. You know, that, that half speak, the, 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 the truth is how you look at it type of, type of way. Yeah. Obi-Wan so adequately portrays in the first movie uh, he killed your father. Yes, you know it's. I know I and, and there. I, there is all that. There's the the twisted talk that oh yes, Darth Vader killed your father. When really, nope, Darth Vader's your dad. Uh, yeah. There, there yeah, is that yeah. twisted stuff. But you know, I, I do have to admit this. No matter what happens, this is still the coolest sound in the universe. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I'm sorry. The sound of a lightsaber igniting is still the coolest sound ever. It it really Uh, is. I agree. I agree. You know, I love it. I love it. The Um, hum, the rattle, just the viciousness of that sound. You know what's going to happen? Someone's going to lose an arm or a limb. Yeah, poor Ray. She's Mm. totally going to lose her hand. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, really? no, I, I think they're going to shy away from that. Um, 
I really do. I think we've seen I, enough I, Jedi losing limbs that they're going to shy away from uh, her suffering that fate. Uh, because we got, we have at least have a throwaway joke. They're we, at least gonna have a joke. They well, have to. I'm sure they're gonna have a, a throwaway joke because Luke has his weird robotic hand, which makes no sense. He had a freaking hand that had flesh on it. Why is he now gone to a robotic hand? It makes no sense to me. It's like that seems like a step backwards. Well, even in Return of the Jedi, his hand got shot, and it was kind of like fritzing. Maybe the robot hand is a little bit more durable. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one thing that just always caught me off guard with Anakin. It's like why why just why is there not flesh on there? Luke had flesh. What? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Didn't Anakin get flesh eventually? No, he just he just had a glove on it. Oh. Ah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 cool. I guess. Yeah. Long sleeve glove. Yeah. In, yeah. But moving on. So, Hera. Hera Syndulla, great character, fascinating character, considering she has no force powers, but she's an amazingly amazing skilled pilot. And at the same time, I think she is the anchor to everything within that group. Yeah. And, hey, she flies a B-Wing, which, you know, that's my favorite ship right she there. She flies the first B-Wing ever. Yep, when it's still prototype. Yeah, so let's, let's throw that there. That is that is the one ship that never made sense to me this, until Star Wars Rebels. My entire life, I'm like, why do they call it a B-Wing? I know why they call it a Y-Wing. It looks like a Y. I know why they call it an A-Wing. It's kind of shaped like an A. I'd, well, we all know why it's an X-Wing. Why is this thing a B-Wing? It does not look like a B in any way, shape, or form. It's B for blade wing. That makes sense now. It's a giant blade. Awesome. But I have this question now. Why the heck do all these B-Wings that they're flying around not just blast the crap out of those Imperial Destroyers? I mean, that we see the one that she's flying able to do it. Why can't they? Ah! See, that bothers me. But back in Return of the Jedi, they were just an extra starfighter that's only seen pretty much in the background. I mean, we never see it in either one of the other, the other classic... Uh, Star Wars movies, and we never, never see that little like Death Star tri laser thing that it does. I know. Completely just rebels. That's why I'm saying, where the heck was that? We could have taken they the the rebels could have easily taken out those star destroyers and gone after the the Death Star. I agree. <laughs> what? I agree. It would have been it would have been amazing, but again, they didn't. They decided not. Well, they didn't know about it at that point. They hadn't even written it at that point. Um, all the B-Wings that you could fly in all these video games and all the stories, they never actually covered this super awesome, like, late tri-laser that they all yeah. you know, did. <laughs> Maybe they, that just wasn't part of the training, so they don't know that's on their vehicle. <laughs> I don't know. Or, who knows, maybe actually, it, like, didn't it fry something when she used it? Yeah, I think it did. So maybe they decided, hey... We're not going to risk frying these ships. We'll just build the ship because they're really maneuverable, and uh, we'll we'll skip that laser. If that's the case, okay, that makes sense. But it's almost like the the kamikaze shot. Guess what? You're going down. Well, you're going down too. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, if they all have that equipped on them, why did they send a squad of X wings to shoot some proton torpedoes down a ventilation shaft? Just bombard the stupid thing with that laser beam. That would have been the end. You know, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. The fact that 
Rebels does take place so far before A New Hope, which is so much further before uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, let's see. So we're reading, it's 14 years after Episode 3, but five years before Episode 4 when Rebels starts. So, and that, that, that what, it's what, Season 2 that they get, that the B-Wing shows up? Well, what do you expect? They're going to have a flash forward 15 or 12 years and say, hey, let's show the the B-Wing being invented, you know? I mean, it has to take place in this time period. Well, yeah, and it's fine that it did. I'm just saying, these B-Wings have this weapon on them. Why didn't we use it? I mean, it, what? Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there is a reason. Like you said, probably fried out the system, so like we're not going to put that on uh, this weapon system on board. I don't know. It just would have been cool. I could understand. Yeah. I can understand. I don't necessarily agree, but I can understand. Yes. But, so. you know, apparently we're going to see the A-Wing in Episode 8 again. Cool. Um, I am excited that they're bringing back the A-Wings, that the Rebel fleet is not uh, just X-Wing based. Yeah. Which you know, this is this is the one thing that bothers me. Again, I love Star Wars, but this is the one thing that bothered me about uh, Episode Seven. We got this. We got this really cool ship that Kylo Ren flies in. We've got these drop ships that the Resistance and the uh, the the First Order is flying around in, and then we just get a tweaked X-wing. What? Really? We couldn't get a cool fighter ship? Nope. The X-Wing is apparently so awesome, even though they're old, that we just tweak the the engine a little bit to make it look cool. And then we paint the leaders black and orange, just so he stands out. You know, that's, that's like uh, Mace Windu having a purple lightsaber. Let's just make him stand out. Just a little bit. Come on. I want to see a new fighter ship. Now, in 8, we're... We're seeing Kylo Ren's ship. It's a new modified TIE. That's awesome. We got to see a, a TIE striker, which in toy format and very shortly in Rogue One, that looked like a cool ship, but who knows if it really was because we didn't see much of it. The U-Wing, no. the U-wing looked cool. Why don't, why don't they have any U-Wings in Episode 7? Did those all get destroyed? What happened there? Hey, we see some in Rebels. We see some in the, the Rebel Season 4 trailer. We, we do. We do there. So that leads me to believe that we're really close to Rogue One because that, that shows up. Um, yeah. I don't It's just those things. It's like we have an opportunity to see some really cool spaceships and some redesigned things. And instead we get a Porgy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they really kind of cheaped out yeah. uh, on this one. I mean, even in the uh, prequels, we had a pretty wide variety of ships. Like oh, yeah. The droid starfighters. Um, the Jedi. The Jedi the, the ARC-190s? Yeah. Well, even even the ARCs. We got to see modified versions of the ARCs. Um, we got to see a lot of different ships, uh, which was really cool. I liked that. Uh, and now I feel like it's like... One, and maybe what leads to that is because... The Emperor was in control, so there wasn't a lot of building of new ships. It was very, we're only building these type of ships, which I can see. I can see the Empire doing that, which is why the the Falcon is so old and why there isn't a lot of wide variety of ships in it, what, 
is out there are really old ships because they're not producing any new ships. Um, but you'd think with the fall of the Empire, they'd start developing new ships and like, hey, I have this really cool idea. Let's do this. But no, we don't see that. Except for with the First Order, which makes no sense to me. But anyways, I'm great. No, no, it's okay. I, I feel the same way. I really wish that... Uh... I really wish that we saw more ships, especially in the newer Star Wars. And I hope that we do see more aside from just the A-Wing. Yes, I, I do too. Um, I do hope that Episode Eight is good. It's exciting. It's going to be interesting where they go. We finally get to see Luke, other than him just staring at us in a weird manner. Um, Until he dies. I don't think he's going to die. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, they may have had plans for that, but with uh, the passing of Carrie Fisher and the uh, the loss of Han Solo, I think they're going to have to keep him. I hope they do. I, I, I hope I, they do as well. Um, I really do, but then again, I think about Return of the Jedi, we, we had lost Obi-Wan already previously, mm-hmm. and then Yoda died too, so it would not surprise me if they still ended up killing Luke in this one. I mean, yes, I can see them doing it because it's kind of a passing of the torch to the new the new guys. Um, but I hope they don't. I really don't. So. Oh, I sincerely hope they don't. I just I'm trying to prepare myself because I honestly did not believe that they would have done that to Han Solo in this last movie. I I didn't see it coming. I didn't think that they would. Completely caught me off guard. One hundred percent. Nice. Well, um, I think we've gone on for our rant and our rave. Uh, but what we do need to do, though, is let you listen to our interview with Vanessa Marshall uh, talking about how she became a voice actor, who her favorite character is, and so much more really cool stuff. And if you listen closely, you may hear her say something as Hera. Um, and I'll, I'll just say this. Mackenzie was there, and I think she got a little a little shy there. Um, really? Yeah, she she. I think she got a little overwhelmed um, by sitting there. I mean, Vanessa is like, come on, sit. Down. I because mean, Mackenzie was dressed as Wonder Woman, and Vanessa voices Wonder Woman. She's all like, sit down, come on, let's have fun here. Um, and, and I think Mackenzie got a little shy, but that's okay. It, it was probably her first time. Well, no, it was her first time doing an interview with a, a celebrity. So, uh, you know, that does happen. That is awesome. I love when celebrities are cool like that. Oh, you know, very cool. Uh, and I'm very excited uh, to be able to have interviewed her. So with that said, we're going to let you listen to it, and then we'll catch you later. It's Hera! Hey, everyone. We're here uh, at Sully Comic Con. This is Dungeon Crawlers, and we are here with Vanessa Marshall, uh, which is known for Harrison Dula, which is my favorite, Wonder Woman, which is why Mackenzie's all dressed up, and Gamora on Guardians of the Galaxy and lots, lots of other fantastic characters. So what got you into voice acting? Um, I was actually doing a sketch comedy show and I was playing various characters with different voices and a voiceover agent saw me and recommended that I try animation and I went into the voiceover agency and I read for her and she ended up signing me and I've been there since 1997. And uh, I've been learning and taking classes and studying and and observing and uh, growing as an artist and it's just it's been wonderful and uh, I was on Billy and Mandy with Richard Horvitz to my left 
That's right. That's What's right. up, yo? Uh, How's it going, Irwin? There you go. Um, and uh, that was my first animated uh, job, actually, as a little African-American boy on The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. But, um, so, uh, yeah, I've just I've been able to work with the greats and, and learn from them, and uh, it's just been really miraculous. <laughs> so what is it like playing these bigger-than-life characters like Wonder Woman or Hera or even Gamora? Well, you know... Um, I've heard people say that, uh, you know, who are you to play small in your own life? That, that on some level, there's a superhero in all of us, and it takes humility to embrace that to a certain extent. And uh, I've actually lost 70 pounds thanks to uh, martial arts and boxing and stuff like that. And uh, so I've sort of, I feel like I've, as a person, I've stepped into my own power. Uh, not that weight loss has anything to do with power at all, but um, that uh, I'm I'm willing to be visible and to be heard. And uh, I think part of doing voiceover is finding your voice. And uh, it's just interesting to note that as I claimed my power in my space, my ability to protect myself with self-defense, that I started playing more of these characters who, you know, Hera is perhaps the more maternal version of that. But Gamora is certainly, you know, the most dangerous woman in the galaxy. Um, and uh, so it's been interesting to observe that, wow, I'm, I'm starting to play more of these characters who really own their power. And um, I think they create icons for young girls to look up to, which I think is fantastic. I know I looked up to Wonder Woman growing up, of course. So um, to be able to embody them is an honor. So do you have a question, Mackenzie? Or are you just nervous? She's nervous? Yeah. Fangirling awesome. I'm fangirling on your outfit. So out of all the characters you've kind of voice been played or portrayed which is your favorite probably Hera um I've learned I've learned the most from Hera sorry um I I did four seasons of Hera and I did two straight to DVD movies of Wonder Woman I have more experience as a fan with Wonder Woman and uh, yeah but as as exploring a character and learning and growing into um who Hera is, I think Hera has taught me the most, probably because I've had the most air time <laughs> of actually experiencing what it is to uh, really transcend self and give oneself fully to a greater cause and uh, not take things personally and just uh, really lead and focus. And um, the Wonder Woman movies were absolutely amazing, but um, I think four years on a, on a show tends to impact one's heart a little bit more as far as like professionally goes but as a spiritual entity on the planet wonder woman rocks <laughs> by far <laughs> so how was it going to see rogue one and seeing the ghost show up and hear general sedula oh i had no idea uh there's a guy david collins um who actually paged me and before the movie began he said oh listen i paid you you're gonna love it and i thought yeah, that's nice. You know, sure. Oh, and I'm paging you too. You know, I didn't, I, what? That's ridiculous. But then sitting in the movie theater, the, he actually did. I had to go up to him afterwards and apologize and say, I thought you were kidding. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You really did it. He said, yeah, I know. <laughs> so every time I hear it, 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 it's amazing that she translated. Well, much like Saw Guerrero went from the Clone Wars uh, into Rogue One, I was really grateful to be among the animated characters who made it into live action, at least, you know, by name. I, I My thing that I tell myself is that Hera wasn't in the war room because she was already warming up the ghost because she was ready to get out of there and go get it done. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. That's conjecture. <laughs> no, it's okay. I like that idea uh, just because that's kind of how the character is. So, um, now, where 
can our listeners kind of find you or keep track, uh, you know, of the things that you're doing? Because unfortunately, this is the last season of Rebels, and we're not going to see anymore. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Van Marshall, V A N M A R S H A L L, and uh, I'm on Instagram, Vanessa Marshall eleven thirty eight, an ode to Mr. Lucas, and. Uh, uh, you'll find me on Young Justice, which is coming out on the DC nice, streaming excited. service uh, for <laughs> Black Canary. Um, there's also Forces of Destiny you can find online. Um, Hera, Hera will be making appearances there. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the next season is going to be amazing. So you, you can also look for that. But uh, come find me online. <laughs> and one final thing, would you be able to... In- Hera's voice to say, hey, this is Hera, your name and such and such and such, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers? You're listening to? Dungeon Crawlers. Dungeon Crawlers. Okay. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Hera Syndulla on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers. One more thing. May the Force be with you, always. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we're back. I hate you guys. I hate you so much. I'm sorry. No, it's just that I couldn't be there for that. Like that's so awesome. No, it was it was, it was fantastic. It was great. Uh, I enjoyed having that opportunity to speak with her, and very very humble person. Uh, it was so nice that she was willing to give us her time. And honestly, I could have probably kept going on. I just felt really bad because everyone else wanted to talk to her. Um, but I could have kept asking her questions about Hera and start. Star Wars and so on and so forth, but anyways, you did take quite a bit of time. I, I did. Mean, I would have too. Yeah. But how long was the line behind you guys? Uh, it was at least six or seven deep. Oh. But the but the but the really cool thing is, you know, we did get to ask her how it felt about hearing that page in Rogue One and hearing her name, uh, General Sedula. C- you know, and like like you heard. She was ecstatic about it, so fantastic. So, all right. Well, folks, we're out of time. We've gone over, and uh, we're going to have to let you go, and we'll catch you next time. All right, we're out of here. May the Force be with you, always.